Mm-hmm. They had Giannis as the 27th best player ever. That seems he would be top ten incorrect. if he played. If he played in LA, he'd be top ten, right? No, he would not. <laughs> Absolutely not. Lucas, don't feed the troll. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the You Thought Sports Podcast. I'm here with my normal crew of Bart, Aiden, Wyatt, and Jared. This week we're going to be talking about Jim Harbaugh's possible move to the NFL, the starting quarterback situation for the Philadelphia Eagles, and Russell Westbrook being traded to the Washington Wizards. But we'll get it started off with some college football. So, this year, uh, Cincinnati, Coastal Carolina, some other group of five teams have been fighting for a New Year's Six Bowl spot um, instead of the playoff, because it looks like after today's rankings, they're not going to make it in. So, looking at this, teams that are on the fringe of a playoff and maybe not making it, either group of five or power five, do we think, Jared, it's better for a fringe playoff team to make a New Year's Six Bowl and get left out of the playoff, or do we think it's better for that fringe playoff team to make it into the playoff and get blown out? So I think I think it depends on if you're a group of five or power five team. If you're a group of five, I think it's way better to be in a Rose Bowl or some of those New Year's Six Bowls and win because then you can always say well we never we never got the chance and then like everybody can wonder you know you get you get you get to be on tv and everything where if you're embarrassed that that i think will just kind of last for a long time if you're a power five program i really don't think it matters here's the thing the bowl games don't mean anything nowadays with with the with the playoffs i mean it just it just renders all the bowl games meaningless i think because without the playoffs the ultimate goal of like a big 10 team or a pac 12 team pac 10 team back in the day was to win a Rose Bowl. Like, that was actually, like, your ultimate goal. And then you'd mm-hmm. let the poll settle everything else. Now the bowl games are, like, a nice consolation prize. I mean, you get to be better than the other losers, I guess. I don't know. That, I guess that's congratulations for you. But, yeah, so I'm not going to say – I'm not going to say that it's great to, you know, get routed in a national semifinal, but I think I'd rather have that. can give a team a lot of motivation where I'm not sure how much motivation a New Year's Six Bowl win – really gives a team i know we're kind of just going off of conjecture like no numbers or anything but that's my two cents <laughs> kind of like jared i think it's very very situational i think if you want to like announce yourself as like a program on the map then winning a new year six bowl is a way better way to do that and establish yourself as a relevant program than getting killed in the college football playoff like when you see ucf and boise state and teams like that announcing themselves on a national stage is like at least programs that are talked about they do it by winning a big bcs or new year six game if your first big appearance on the national stage is getting smacked in the playoffs you're just gonna be written off as a fluke and discuss as if you didn't deserve to be there even like notre dame who has the history behind them like when they made the playoff in 2018 and lost by a bunch of people are like they didn't deserve to be there and i feel like that's even more pronounced if you're a ucf boise state that being said, I think, kind of like Jared said, if you're a Power 5 school, I think getting to the playoffs is better because you made it to that, like, the pinnacle of the sport. Even if you lose, it's a good recruiting tool because people already know you have a, you're you always in with a chance because you're in the Power 5, um, and just the playoff validates that more. Whereas making a New Year's 6 game as a Power 5 is, like, you know, not unheard of. Bad teams do it. Some, like, TCU has done it. So I don't think that it's something that's necessarily an achievement for a power five school as much as it would be for a group of five school a better way for a group of five school to prove that they're on level terms with the power five yeah 
And I think college football is this is a sport where that gets held against you a lot more. Like just making it there gets held against you a lot. Where like, I don't know. I guess this might not be the best analogy, but we we used to celebrate LeBron for ma- just making it to the finals ten straight years was like a huge accomplishment or whatever whatever the number was. I I don't think it was ten straight, but something like six straight, seven straight, something like that. Where in college football, that's like just that would be completely used against you. Like Oklahoma, completely used against you. LeBron ended up obviously winning one. I think that that will like change the narrative a little bit. But I think it gets held against you a lot more in college football than other sports. I think. Yeah, I think that's true. Yeah, I think my question is is during the like the month or two months when a team is like it's clear that they could make the playoff or there's like that hype around them. Like, mm-hmm. do they get a enough of a boost from recruiting? that like they can they get some good recruits and then it's okay that they get blown out um or does it just hurt them i don't know i think it probably hurts them more long term if they get blown out on that national stage uh, like i think it's better like honestly i think it's better to be disqualified from postseason contention due to some like ncaa violation you know like you know someone like buying a drink for your third string long snapper like something like that um i think it's better for that to happen that disqualification than to get blown out the way that like notre dame did or like like because people will use that for years to come but i do wonder how much of a boost they get like during the time period where there is the hype around the playoff um yeah. and yeah i don't i don't know when the the windows are for recruiting but yeah. yeah the only reason that notre dame loss isn't more heavily held against mm-hmm. them is because clemson went ahead and, and kind of did the same thing to bama right if it had yep. been different then yep. it, i think yeah i think yeah i agree that just a loss in the playoffs is obviously better like just getting to the playoffs yep. but i think the, yeah, the blowout like aiden said i think it actually hurts you more because it's on the national stage and everybody's watching yeah. it's like wow yeah like yeah. lucas said it makes people say like oh maybe they didn't actually deserve to be there yeah. it's actually yeah and especially because like this, like with college, like it's not like the NFL or something where it's like purely like if you make the playoffs, you made the playoffs because you had like the best record to get there or whatever. Since in college football, it's kind of subjective and there's so much debate over who deserves to make it. You really yeah. get destroyed if you, you know, it's clear that you didn't, you know, deserve to be on that stage. Yeah, that's a good point. So moving from some teams that have had success in college football in the playoff, to one that hasn't, the University of Michigan. The team's downtick in form this year has led to a lot of talk of Jim Harbaugh returning to the NFL with the Jets being the leading contenders. They interviewed him back in 2009, and Harbaugh's had a lot of success in the NFL before, leading the 49ers all the way to a Super Bowl. So let's just play hypotheticals. Bart, would Jim Harbaugh being hired as the next coach of the New York Jets be the heist of the offseason or the biggest media circus in all of sports? Uh, frankly, I, I wouldn't love it. I don't know if I would go so far as to say it'd be a media circus, but I don't think it would be a heist. I would not be optimistic. Um, so like his stock is just, it's absolutely fallen since his, his pre-Michigan days. Like that's, I mean, that's, I think objectively true. Um, I know, you know, he turned around Stanford, he turned around the Niners and, and got him to three straight AFC champion or NFC championships. But like, those were those were before at Michigan. He's been really underwhelming. I mean, we've talked about this several times on the show. He's, he's gone own five against Ohio State. He hasn't won a single conference championship. I, actually, I don't even think he's won a single division championship um, or title. Mm-hmm. I guess you can say he's never gone better than ten and three. He's never developed a single like good quarterback. Shea Patterson is probably the best that he can claim, and that's not really saying much. 
Um, and then, like, on even on the flip side of the ball, he hasn't been superb. I mean, I know that the Michigan defense, when he started there, started off really good. I think they were, like, in the top ten for a couple of years in points allowed per game. But since then, they've just gotten worse and worse. This year, they're actually 99th in points per game, which is kind of absurd. Oh so, he's, he, like, he just seems underwhelming on both sides of the ball now. He can't really develop a good offense or a good defense. It seems like... I just think you should weigh what he's been doing at Michigan more heavily than what he has done before. I know the Stanford mm-hmm. and, and 49ers success is one thing, but I think now if the Jets took him, he actually just wouldn't be anything special. I mean, especially when you consider that they'd probably be taking Trevor Lawrence. I don't know that I'd trust him to develop Trevor Lawrence um, as a particularly, yeah. like, uh, specifically as to what the coach would be doing there. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't think it would be a heist. I mean, I think he could be solid. But like when you consider how much of a dumpster fire the Jets already are, hey. I don't know that I like love him as the the one person to be able to take them out of that and and, and turn things around. So, uh, yeah, yeah, that's I think it could be a decent hire, but nothing particularly crazy. What do you think? Yeah, I really agree that the the Jets coaching decision. Well, if they're if they're going to be competent about their coaching search, they're probably going to pick a head coach who's like a quarterback whisperer kind of guy, like you know. Like Adam Gates. Kingsbury or yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you see, Adam Gates just straight up admitted that he hasn't like done anything to progress like Sam Darnold at all. He was, no, like, yeah, he confessed. Like, yeah, he said that. I didn't actually I haven't actually done what I'm supposed clean. to do. Yeah. <laughs> just, it's ridiculous. But I think like Jim Harbaugh, I feel like at some point he had like that kind of quarterback whisperer reputation to an extent, yeah. I feel like, or at least yeah. he kind of marketed himself as that. And he definitely at Michigan has not shown any evidence of that. Um, so I, for that reason, yeah. I, the Jets, I feel like would be kind of dumb to pick him over someone that, I don't know, a more proven offensive-minded really? coach, I guess. Yeah. I'm going to push back yeah. because Me I think too. that it would not be a bad decision to hire Jim Harbaugh. Um, I think that he doesn't have to ex- be an incredible scheme guy or anything like that because he's not a scheme yeah. guy. Um, but I think he could he could put together a better coaching staff than Adam Gase has done so far. I mean, they literally just fired Greg Williams because he he did an all out blitz <laughs> and cover zero in the last play of the game and put their undrafted uh, rookie yeah. cornerback on Henry Ruggs, one of the fastest players in the league. So I mean, oh I think it, as long as he can hire somebody who doesn't do that, um, I mean, it's clear right now that the Jets are playing. The coaches are like playing with their egos. I know that's obvious. Like Greg Williams wanted to win the game his way, right? So if Jim Harbaugh can at least put a competent, uh, competent coaching staff together and put a shred of confidence uh, in the New York fan base, especially during press conferences, it's going to be a massive improvement over Adam Gase. <laughs> and I would say is that I know his stock has fallen so far because at Michigan it has not been great. Um, the only way he can keep Ohio State out of a Big Ten championship is by just canceling the game this year. <laughs> the closest he's gotten to yeah. a victory again over Ohio. Yeah. <clears throat> and um, <laughs> it's going to be different for him to draft a top prospect like Trevor Lawrence than mm. to go out and recruit kids um, in college football. And I know that Michigan is one of the higher, more historic programs mm-hmm. in the in the league, in the college football league. But it might be different if he gets to pick the talent different than the talent picking him in college. Yeah. I was going to say, I I think that maybe he's just not a good recruiter, you know, like part of his demeanor might kind of throw people (laughs) off and maybe like he was really successful in the NFL and think about this. He, he had Alex Smith when he first came in and he led the league in completion percentage until he got a concussion, then put Colin Kaepernick in that made it to, I think they made it to the Super Bowl with with him. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, 
I, I know he's not having success at Michigan, but if he gets Trevor Lawrence, he's going to be fine. He had Andrew Luck and coached him up to a Heisman finalist, second place. And You know what uh, I mean? But all he has to do is he has to install a better culture in New York. Yeah, that's yeah. what his brother does, and that's what Matt Rules is doing, and that's what Joe Judge is doing. They're not mm-hmm. scheme guys. Matt Rules not a scheme guy. Joe Judge isn't a scheme guy. But all they're doing is at least they're getting guys to buy in. They're installing a better yeah. culture. And they're install and they're putting a little bit of faith in the fan base and in the team that they can actually get something done. Which obviously it's clear that Adam Gase but, isn't doing. Yeah. Do you think yeah, if a, if you think if Jim Harbaugh comes in though after his past couple years at Michigan, he's gonna have players respect? I feel like establishing that culture is all about having some kind of respect around you. And I feel like I mean, he's, but he still like, he still has a really good resume as a coach. Yeah, and does, uh, yeah. probably any but, change is better than no change at all. To be honest, yeah, just I a think, fresh. Start. I definitely think there should be a change. I definitely, definitely. Yeah, I don't know though that like. I think. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Lucas. Yeah, I don't know. I think you could like. I think a little bit of like the slate could be wiped clean for him because like you could see college is a different game than the NFL, and his only track record in the NFL has been success. And I think it's easier to buy in. Like I think it almost be easier for him to go to an NFL job than to go to another college job because yeah. it's he doesn't have that track record in college anymore. I mean, yeah, it's talent. way different. Yeah, and I think, like, say what you will about Jim Harbaugh, but I think his the players generally seem to like playing for him, and that's kind of all you need him to do in this role if yeah. you can assemble a good coaching staff. So I'm not, like, I'm not convinced it would be a great hire, but I think there's a high upside to it. Mm-hmm. Maybe for the Jets, probably more likely for another team, though, who's looking for a coaching vacancy. And I, I also say that I think Harbaugh for some reason is like a media punching bag because of how well he's been because of how successful he's been in the past that we hold him to super high standards. Like James Franklin is really struggling this year, but nobody's talking about like getting her, get, get rid of him this year. Right. But Jim Harbaugh just gets all the criticism. They are, they are, but James yeah, Franklin no. is like an insane buyout that like you would literally, it's like, yeah, it, it wouldn't be worth it to fire him. Like you would destroy your program. if you did. Yeah. But the cries, the cries definitely aren't as loud with Franklin as they are with Harbaugh, you know? Yeah. It's because he's a big personality and he's coming from the NFL. Like he has a, yeah, he has the khakis. Yeah. It's the khakis. He got rid of him this year though, right? I think he's wearing sweats now. (sighs) Maybe we should. Yeah. It's a new image. (laughs) But I mean, we joke, we joke to say that, uh, a team that just fired their head coach and and, ha- and puts an interim head coach in is good for at least four, a four-game win streak or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Like the Falcons fire their head coach and they're good. Maybe hiring a new coach can at least propel the Jets to six wins. That could be worth something. <laughs> With Trevor right? Lawrence. With Trevor Lawrence. Well, I mean, yeah. you know. He's, and, and, let's, he's been... and let's be fair. If he gets hired as a head coach and the Jets, he, he's the coach of the Jets, right? They have a long way to go before they're going to oh, be yeah. any good. Yeah. Yes. But he's he's like I think we've said this. He's honestly really good at rebuilds. Six and ten forty ers next year went thirteen and three. When he took over Stanford, they were one and eleven. Then and then by the time he left, they were twelve mm-hmm. and one. I mean he's he's pretty good at rebuilds. So I think maybe this situation just might suit him better than Michigan did. I don't know. Do you think Jared? Do you think the Lions, who have, maybe have a better roster, would be more suited for a guy like Jim Harbaugh? Or do yeah, you think I he should to... go from scratch? I had the Lions up there, but they weren't my first. If I were Harbaugh, my first two choices would be the Chargers or the Eagles. I think. What do you think of that? What? I know you're. I know you think those coaches are going to be gone. I yeah. I would bet on both. Of them. We'll get to the Eagles in a bit. <clears throat> um, 
I would love to for anybody to run the Chargers. Um, but I think maybe I mean yeah I would say the Chargers or the Eagles the Chargers or the Chargers definitely have a better roster, and I think yeah. that there might be a little bit more to work with. It just depends because the Chargers as a organization are just very cheap, so it's kind of he's gonna have to be able to get full control wherever he goes if he goes to mm-hmm. one of those franchises that are kind of scraping the bottom. Yeah, yeah. I honestly think the Lions would be the the best destination for him. I agree. Um, I think. Like, you need to do someone who's kind of the polar opposite of Matt Patricia, who just, like, was, like, hated, like, so deeply by his players. And I think, like, someone who is the least bit engaging, like, would be a good turn for that. And I think Harbaugh would fit that. They have a decently talented roster, a top arm talent in Matt Stafford. Yeah, top talent. Yeah. That's why it always likes to say. I think I could see it working out well there. And he wouldn't have to move, either. He'd stay living in the same place. Right. Yeah, and with the Lions as well, same thing as the Jets. It feels like it's a culture thing. Like the Chargers, I think that they probably have a good culture, and they're just not—they're a little bit more conservative scheme-wise. The Eagles, I think it's more of a scheme thing. I think um, the Lions—it's definitely—it feels just like they could—they could win because they're talent—they're a talented team. They just everybody just hates Matt Patricia, and they just don't want to play for him. Yeah, the the amount of like celebration after he was like fired from like current and former players was mm-hmm. pretty crazy. No, That's, I didn't yeah. see any of that. But... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they were like tweeting Twitter like was going, lots yeah, and lots yeah. Of stuff. <laughs> <They're piling on. laughs> okay, while well, while we're talking about aging top arm talents, what about Atlanta? <clears throat> mm. Feels more of a scheme thing as well. Like the way yeah. um, I mean, they just blow leads. It might be culture. Maybe, but the way, but like if. If we're talking about top arm talent, we're talking about Matt Ryan, right? Yeah. He was an MVP underneath Kyle Shanahan. And, uh, you know, I think that you might want to – you got to get him back closer to that form. So I think that they just need to put him in a better offense to where maybe they can get the ball in their playmakers a little bit more. Because I don't know if they – because I always – the only thing with the, the Falcons for me is I always feel like they don't use Julio Jones enough. Like he's so talented, but he never has the numbers. He's not very productive. And, you know, it it kind of feels like that maybe they're kind of, they're not taking full advantage of the freak that they have on the outside. Yeah. As a fantasy owner of Julio Jones this year, I know he's had some injury (laughs) things, but he is, yeah, (laughs) they've not, they've not used him that much or not as much as I would have liked. Yeah. Well, uh, wide hinted at the Philadelphia Eagles so far, so we're going to move a little bit towards their struggles as they've sort of fallen off the cliff a little bit in recent weeks, uh, particularly with quarterback Carson Wentz, who it was today announced uh, will no longer be uh, the starting quarterback going forward. So Wyatt, what's the answer for Carson Wentz and the Eagles? Should they bench him long term? Should they just name Hurts the starter for the rest of the year and see where it goes? Um, Or is there some other option? What do you think? Uh, I think the best option for them is just to name Jalen Hurts as a starter for the rest of the year. It's clear to me that Carson Wentz needs a break. His confidence is shot. I don't think that Doug Peterson has done a great job of instilling confidence in his quarterback. Every every press conference, he kind of teeters around. Maybe Carson Wentz will be the starter. Maybe he's the face of this franchise. And then the one time he did say he was the face of the franchise is because, oh, we've already paid him. 
Like we've <laughs> invested so much into him, not because we think he's good or we think he has potential. It's because we're stuck with him. Was kind of the answer that he gave. Um, if Carson Wentz and the if they do this in the NFL, if they, if he has any vacation days, I think he should take them all. I think he should step away from the game of football for a little bit. Um, I think that they need to do a really hard reset, uh, or Carson needs to do a really hard reset and kind of reevaluate himself and kind of allow himself to be free. Because I think he's, I know that I think the backup quarterback complex is a really weak excuse. I think that having saying that, oh, well, Nick Foles did it without like Nick Foles did what he had to do as a backup quarterback. He's, he's what people, everybody wishes that their backup quarterback would do is go out and win them a Super Bowl. <laughs> and then drafting Jalen Hurts, he was always meant to be a gadget guy and not a replacement to Carson Wentz. So if those are two things that are lingering and that are forcing him to play poorly. I think it's a really poor excuse. Um, it, it all kind of comes back more to Doug Peterson as well. But I'm going to say it because I think everybody else is afraid to say it. I think maybe there's a chance that Carson Wentz actually isn't that good. And the Eagles just can't afford that to be an option. Right now in the NFC East, every other team is playing with a backup quarterback. And Carson Wentz is playing worse than all of them. (laughs) And uh, since his 2018 season, his accuracy has actually gone down from 69.6% to 63.9% the year after. And now, right now, he's sitting at 57.4%. And I think that this is a talented enough roster with Alshon Jeffrey, Travis Fulgham, Miles Sanders, Dallas Goddard, and Zach Ertz, who would all be starters on most other teams. Um, and they also use a first-round pick on a receiver as well this year in Jalen Rager. Like, this is a talented team. I think Carson Wentz is – he has to carry some of the responsibility for this because I, I just think that there may be just a chance that he's not that good. Unfortunately, again, they can't move on from him. They're going to move on from the head coach. They need to do something to kind of spark the team. They need to spark that locker room. They need something else to maybe try to bring Carson Wentz back to what he was before. Yeah, I think it's got to be the right move to bench him because, like, this year's just been such a complete and utter failure. I've, I was going to bring up the accuracy thing. It dropping below 60% this year is pretty horrific. Here it is, the most interceptions of any year in his career already, and only in, what, game 12? So he has 15 so far this year. I, I just think, like, the team is not good overall. I know you mentioned the um, the off, like the talent on the offense, and I think some of it is there, but Alshon Jeffries old, Travis Fulgham in a, a few good games, and He's since good. 2013, they've only drafted one offensive pro bowler, and that's Carson Wentz. Like, the talent around him is not good either, I feel like. And I think – I don't think that absolves Wentz. I just think it exposes that he's not a great quarterback when he doesn't have talent around him. Like, you look back on the Super Bowl team, and that was, like, I think a legitimately, like, very talented team at the time. You had Ertz more in his prime. You had Alshon Jeffrey more in his prime. Like, Eric Blunt. Like, guys that – while now might not be top, top tier guys, like at that time were great weapons. And I think now that they've sort of aged out of their relevancy, I think it shows that Wentz, when he doesn't have that talent, is sort of a floundering at best quarterback. And I think the only way you can really like enforce change on this team is to, at least in the very short term, is to put hurts and try and change something up because it takes a while to revamp a whole roster to add talent around him. I but you can add plug in hurts for a week and maybe he adds a spark and you build something around him as opposed to trying to like force a team around Wentz to work and uh, I don't know at this point I think 
We'll see what happens next year, but it might just be time to move on from him. I know there's a huge contract in that situation, but honestly, outside of that like breakout season in 2017, he hasn't consistently been great. I know the offensive line has been hurt and hasn't been great, et cetera, et cetera, but, but I, I kind of agree with Wyatt. I'm, I'm not convinced he's a good quarterback. I think he might actually be a bad quarterback. I will say, though, that like how many how many quarterbacks can you honestly say – would be uh, would be good with with the Eagles like with their supporting cast like any everything is a fit to some extent. Obviously, you got Aaron Rodgers; he could pretty much throw it to anybody. Russell Wilson could pretty much throw it to anybody, and Mahomes, right? Could probably pretty much throw it to anybody. Tom Brady, but, like, but Josh Allen, Tom Brady, oh, yeah. he, he's right been now. okay this year. You know, he's forty three, <clears throat> oh, okay. so it's hard in, to say. In his prime, in his prime, yeah, like, that's who, true. They didn't; they never had great weapons. I feel but like Josh like. Allen this year, like, what, would he be as good this year if he didn't have Stefan Diggs, like that kind of stuff? You know what I mean? I think to some extent the fit is going to have some like effect on the quarterback that you can't really see on the field. I will say though, that a lot of this is just organizational. I feel like, like the training staff cannot, is not doing a good job job of keeping their players on the field. Like, I don't know what they're doing. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like that's, that's gotta be, that's gotta fall in something. It's not all flukes. Yeah. No, it's it's weird that they have, they're just riddled with injury all the time. They always have linemen that are down. They're always losing players. Carson Wentz, obviously, as well. I mean, it it, it, it feels really freaky that they're an organization that just can't keep players up upright. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just I don't I don't believe that this offense isn't good because I think Miles Sanders is a really good running back. Dallas Goddard is a nice young um, tight end. I think Travis Fulgham, I know that he was kind of like a breakout star for a couple games, but he seems talented. I think that, I mean, you don't, I think you don't necessarily like you have, you're that fluky or you kind of just like, if he can catch the ball, he's good. And then Alshon Jeffrey and Zach Ertz are, are both, you know, at least good veterans to have on your team. I don't believe that they maybe. be, I think maybe more just Carson Wentz isn't a great uplifter or maybe that yeah. Doug Peterson isn't, a great or isn't as much of a, sch- a great schemer as he was before to get the ball in the hands of his playmakers because you can't tell. I mean, if you watch the games, they don't use Miles Sanders all the way. All the way, he's a good running back. They don't use their play. I mean, Dallas Goddard is the only serviceable player that they have, really that they that they ever try to go to on a consistent basis. It it, it has to be Doug Peterson right now, and then probably yeah. in a year or two down the road, it might be Carson Wentz if he doesn't improve much. <laughs> At, or yeah. at all. I think I think the big issue is that Peterson doesn't seem to be a great like talent developer. It seems like when he broke onto the scene, like when the Eagles won the Super Bowl and he was doing very well in the beginning, it's because he was, you know, an innovative scheme was doing interesting things with good established players in the league. And as the years have worn on, maybe part of it's a talent identification issue. But I, like, well, I don't agree that they're a very talented team. There are guys who I think, if given time and a good coach like Sanders like Fulgham could develop into stars, but I think because it's just not Peterson and that coaching staff's strength to develop talent, I think that it's just caused the whole organization to sort of slip up because of it. Because they can do good things when they have established talent, but without it, I mean, they're 3-8-1, mm-hmm. and there doesn't seem to be anything that's going to change there. Yeah. And I'll, and, I'll say... Sorry, they, they just they brought in Jalen Hurts to be this gadget guy to beat it to bring in to be like a Taysom Hill type of guy, you know. And they don't use him. They play him like two snaps during a game. He throws for one pass, and then that's pretty much it. He, I mean, it's I don't understand 
exactly what they want to do with the guys that they bring in. Like you said, like I don't believe that they know what they want to do with the talent that they have if it isn't mm-hmm. already an established talent. I mean, isn't Jalen Hurts supposed to be a gadget guy? Wouldn't Jalen Hurts and Sean Payton's offense be way better than oh, it yeah. is right now? And would Taysom Hill that he wouldn't know how to use Taysom, Taysom Hill in in their offense because he would have Taysom Hill run one play and then sit on the sideline for the rest of the game. Was, I mean, was that's, they, that's kind of what they do with Taysom Hill yeah, before but, he started. But, I mean, <laughs> they, it seems more like they brought in Jalen Hurts to be the backup quarterback and not a gadget guy, which it's clear in Taysom, Taysom Hill in the, in the Saints role is a gadget guy than the yeah. backup quarterback, even though he started right but, now. Yeah. I, I assume so it's, Hurts. So it's both of them, yeah. then. It's the GM and... I mean, think about it. They took Jalen Rieger before Justin Jefferson. That looks like a really terrible pick now. Yeah, a lot of Justin Jefferson's playing. Justin yeah. Jefferson. I, mean, I mean, it makes yeah, no sense. Yeah. And they took Jalen Hurts in the second round. Yeah, like you said, why are you taking him in the second round if you're never putting him on the field? Makes no sense. Yeah, but I, I think, think I even, thought I, at the time, I, though, that the Jalen Hurts pick was because they didn't fully believe in Carson. Like, I don't know. I don't think you take a quarterback second round unless, like, you have yeah. thoughts about also, you know, never take a quarterback. Having second. fully believed but, in him. Yeah. I mean, but then that was like, what? That would have been 12 months after you paid him $38 million. It, Right. It's, yeah. it's a, I think now that we're talking about this, I think a lot of this is on the GM. But I think Harry Roseman is a good GM. I mean, mm-hmm. I think he used I don't to know. be a good GM. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he I think... built a Super Bowl team, right? But since yeah. then, it's like, like Lucas said, one offensive Pro Bowler. Since when was it? It's, yeah. Since 2013. 2013. Yeah, it's yeah, absurd. It's pretty brutal. Yeah. That's absurd. I think that it definitely falls on the GM more than anyone. Yeah. And part of the thing that's frustrating to me um, as an Eagles fan is that I completely lost my train of thought. Um, <laughs> there's too many things that are <laughs> completely there's, frustrating. There's too many things going on. I don't know. It just seems like this sort of like haplessness of like the system. And like, mm. there's never any attempt to get better. Oh, I remember what I was going to say. It's that like they always sold Jalen Hurts as a gadget guy from the beginning. Like, even though it, that probably wasn't why they drafted him, like Doug Peterson was always like, we're going to find interesting ways to use him in the offense and like stuff like that. And like, the, like basically the Taysom Hill talk. When like, Jalen Hurts is an excellent passer, and I don't know, like... His first like, touchdown pass was a dime. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, like, that was his reputation in college. Yeah, he was an yeah. excellent passer <laughs> who could run if needed to. And, like, I'm not going to maybe dive into the psychology of why he was sold as just, like, the runner, the running gadget quarterback. But, like, if you're drafting Jalen Hurts, it shouldn't be to be a guy who can do some, like, fun, interesting stuff on the side. It should be because he's in, he's a well put together all around quarterback who you want on your team. Yeah. I remember reading somewhere that some, some people suspect the Packers took Jordan Love to kind of try to light a fire under Aaron Rodgers and I yeah, wonder if maybe the Eagles thought that they could do something similar yeah. here and just completely <laughs> Some confidence, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently Wentz's confidence because of it is shredded. He's just like so worried he's going to like lose his spot. Well, he did. Ah, yeah, this, he did. Uh, yeah, That's the thing yeah. though. In the NFL in any sport, you're you're always playing for your job. If you're not if you're not playing as well as the guy behind you, you shouldn't be playing, right? Yeah, I mean you're technically yeah, always playing for your job in a way. That contract is, I think it definitely <laughs> it is changes a large Doug contract. Peterson's yeah. Yeah, yeah. willingness to to make the, the move. Probably, the he probably should have made it sunk. earlier this season. If we're gonna be honest, I don't really get that logic sometimes though, because the contract is sunk cost. Yeah, you but know? it's just I mean, it's embarrassing I mean? for the whole org. To, yeah. I guess. You know, I mean, he, his extension hasn't even started yet. It hasn't even kicked in. Yeah, already benching. Yeah. It's, it looks yeah. terrible. Right. It would cost them yeah. $60 million if they were to move on this year. 
Yeah. And dead cap money. Yeah. They just can't afford it. Well, is it dead money if it's on the field too? I mean, you're losing. Well, no. If, if they, <laughs> what is it doing? I mean, <laughs> you know what I mean. I guess, no, like, I guess what is it right. doing for you? I guess you're right, but they they would be stuck in cap hell if they were to to do something like that. Yeah. I think long story short, it has to be uh, just a front office organizational re- rebuild, restart there, move on, bring in a new coach, probably bring in a new GM, let them see what they can do with Carson Wentz for. I mean, they're kind of stuck with him for two years because I think it's still a $30 million if they move on in two years. Um, yeah. But see what they can do for a little bit. And then I guess worse things worse is that you just played Jalen Hurts, but they're yeah. they're not doing a great job. And at least getting the most out of not just Carson Wentz, but any of their players right now. Yeah. I would, like, I would love to see Jalen Hurts and Jim Harbaugh, personally. I, I think that'd be, be really super interesting. Here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, they would be more successful than Colin Kaepernick and Jim Harbaugh, I think. Shoot. And Jim Harbaugh doesn't care about money and all that stuff. He was like, yeah, um, Alex Smith leads the league in completion percentage. We're going with Ka- Kaepernick. They didn't mm-hmm. care. You know what I mean? Yeah. He, yeah, he wouldn't need to have full not power. care when you come in as a new coach. Yeah, that's, that's true. Although, true. That is something I meant to but mention. It doesn't count Apparently, against, he yeah. was really hard to work with like for, uh, from the 49ers executive's point of view. Mm-hmm. He, he seems like a very, like, I wanted things my way. Kind yeah, of, or he was. pretty he's stubborn. Yeah, that's, so, yeah. Yeah, that's that true. I guess that, that is a trait yeah, in a lot of head coaches. But, but yeah, he seems particularly that way. I think most head coaches now in the league, they run everything. And the yeah. GM is an extension of them. I don't. I, there are hardly any <laughs> franchises where the GM is in charge i mean well like the bears the gm is in charge right and let's see how that that well went for him i mean they drafted <laughs> uh mitch trubisky and trubisky. matt Nagy wanted nothing to do with him and nobody knew that ryan pace was going to draft mitch trubisky until it happened nobody knew <laughs> it at all so i mean i think now it, it would be okay for the eagles to turn the keys over to somebody like a head coach yeah <laughs> but you could also say that dave gettleman with the giants is actually doing a good job now you know what i mean you can just no, always win it <laughs> oh <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to give them any credit. Yeah, no credit. Yeah. They're terrible. They were terrible. The people that you think are terrible. I saw an article this week that was claiming it was like Joe Judge's new like travel schedule for the Giants has worked <laughs> wonders, and I guess they like they used to fly out on like Sunday nights, and now they fly out on Mondays. And this article was like, yeah, this that extra sleep. Uh, like, like players are like huge, huge fans of it, and the you know you can see it on the fields. And I'm just like, what? Like, <laughs> they took like eight things, games though. to kick yeah. in. But... Yeah, I was, I was like, you know, they, maybe they don't love sleep to catch up like, on Jared. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Another thing the Eagles need, real quick, if they want more pro pro bowlers, is a better marketing team. That's all. That's all pro bowl is. <laughs> let's be honest. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, well, I'll be home with at my parents' house in two weeks, and the Eagles headquarters are a fifteen-minute walk away. So I'll not. Yeah, I'll go. apply for a job and yeah. be like, Jared has some ideas. Yeah. <laughs> Just spin them from there. While you're applying, though. Yeah, yeah. apply. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm a proxy for. Yeah. <laughs> well, moving from an organization with a bleak future in the Philadelphia Eagles to one with a brighter future, the NBA. So the league just announced their Christmas Day schedule, where they usually showcase their biggest games of the midseason this year. It'll be essentially opening day because of coronavirus and, you know, the drill. But one matchup amongst all those sticks out, and that is LeBron James and the Lakers versus young star Luka Doncic and the Dallas Mavericks. There's some thought that this might be framing the NBA's future. So Aiden, do you think Luka is poised to be the next face of the NBA? 
It's a, it's a big statement, but I think that the NBA, that's who the NBA is betting on at the moment, at least. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to read too much into, you know, one Christmas Day matchup, but I think they do, like, market Luka a bunch. Um, and I think his main competition, at least, is, like, I guess Giannis, who's a bit older. And then, you know, you got Ja and Zion coming up, you know, to a lesser extent. Mm-hmm. The Jason Tatum's or who's less exciting or Trey Young's, you know, Donovan Mitchell. But I think that Luca, as opposed to like Giannis is, you know, he's been MVP the past two years. Uh, but I think Luca's probably a more marketable, exciting player to watch just because he can hit the game winning three and stuff like that. Whereas yeah. Giannis is a little more confined to his, you know, big man status, which I'm not sure like really like goes well for like the huge superstar status that you see like out of a LeBron or a, I don't know, a KD. Um, but I think it, it does say something that the NBA didn't pick a game like Lakers versus, you know, KD and the Nets or yeah. Lakers versus Clippers um, or, or something like that. A game that's between more like established stars um, instead of like the Mavs who are definitely more of like an up and coming team. Um, so I, I do think it's the NBA kind of betting on the future. I'm not sure if um, I'm not sure if Luca will end up being the next face of the NBA, but I, I think out of the candidates at the moment, I think he is the best shot. So uh, he's he, he'd be my current pick, um, but we'll see. Like I don't know how spicy this is, but I almost am tempted to say I would rather like if you were starting a team right now, I would rather already have Luca than Giannis. Uh, even though he's only mm-hmm. like I think he might already be better, <laughs> so yeah. I don't think it's a stretch at all to say that he will be the face of the future over Giannis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's something Aiden touched on too that I think <clears throat> I I agree with is that I think the NBA is trying to make it happen. I think for a few reasons. One, yeah, he's really 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 good. Showed that mm-hmm. off last season, and if you're placing bets on guys who are going to be uh, future stars, he's a good one. Second, I think he helps the NBA market itself to an even more international audience than mm-hmm. it already has. I think yeah. if you're having your biggest star be European, even mm-hmm. if Slovenia isn't you know, the biggest country in Europe, I think it helps market the game yeah. to Europe and to help it grow. And even to more emerging markets for the NBA, like East Asia, um, mm-hmm. it shows that the NBA, you like you can make it in the NBA if you're not an American. Like It's not just an American game. It's like a global game. And if your star mm-hmm. is global, yeah. I think... It helps a lot. Like it's not a surefire thing, and you talked about this, but like he needs to keep up the crazy pace he set last season. The Mavs need to start winning because if they just keep in like six, seven seed territory for like the rest of his career, I don't know if you can have a guy be the face of your league who never makes any noise. I mean, I mean, I guess yeah, LeBron took a little bit to ta- take off, but I think from the NBA perspective, it makes a lot of sense that Luke could be the next face and star of your league. Yeah. But Giannis is also international, right? Oh, that's yeah. true. That's a good point. Greek. Yeah, so, but yeah. The, the thing with Giannis, I, I know like people probably hate this argument, but he plays in Milwaukee, and like you know, <laughs> no, I'm serious, Luca. There's yeah. so many Midwest. factors. There's so many factors that determine who the face of the league is. That doesn't not that's not just like your play on the court. It's kind of like, are you? When was the first off? When was the last time the face of the league was a big man? Maybe Shaq. Other than that, like yeah, that's what you know I was what thinking. I mean. Yeah, like you, your yeah. play style has to be I really agree. exciting. First off, Cat. um. He what? plays in Texas. Mark Cuban's the owner, so they're always going to be in the public sphere because Mark Cuban's <laughs> always talking about something, right? Another thing, too, <laughs> this this applies to Zion, Luca, and Giannis, but rules out other people. Is I think if you're not signed with Nike or Jordan, to be honest, you're not going to be the face of the league right? because they just have so much clout. And it mm-hmm. it's all about like who the media gatekeepers are. Steph isn't, and I would about. say he has been. 
Yeah. But he was, but he shared it with LeBron. You know what I mean? And like, right. I, I think it, it all depends on who the media gatekeepers want to talk about. And like, nobody talks about Under Armour, right? Everybody talks about Nike and Jordan. So that's, that's my two cents on that. Uh, I don't know if the Milwaukee yeah. thing, like, there's no, I definitely does, some truth in it. I agree. No, with you. No, nobody's nobody, nobody cares. LeBron about Milwaukee. LeBron. Sorry. No, 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 no. I'm not, I'm not gonna, yeah. I'm not gonna have a, a, a full throated defense of Milwaukee. Though. It's a great city <laughs> as a market. What I'm saying is that LeBron played yeah, in Cleveland. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. Like, LeBron was a child yeah, prodigy. But, yeah, but Cleveland and Milwaukee are, but even then, I, though, are we, like we ta- similar type markets. Like, yeah. I, I don't. Like I get LeBron, yes, is bigger and better vacation in Cleveland. than any other player. <laughs> Do not vacation to Cleveland. No. Cleveland? Yeah. <laughs> When's the last time you, you went, Wyatt? Yeah, what did you do? Yeah, how is the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've spring breaked on Lake spring, Erie and yeah, spring break. Sounds <laughs> great. <laughs> At least top four of the Great Lakes, Lucas. I'd say. Yeah. <laughs> no, but Bart Bart talked about this in the headlines document. Because I asked, like, when did LeBron take the face of the league from Kobe? Because he, he shared it with Kobe at least for a little bit. And uh, Bart mentioned that it probably wasn't until he went to the Heat and formed the Heatles, right? So he needed to leave Cleveland to become the face of the league, arguably. I think well, it was inherently. Like, uh, go ahead. I mean, he had, like, that huge ESPN special that was, like, nothing you've ever seen before for his the decision. decision. And, that, like, yeah. the hype around him was huge at the time. Because he was like, leaving. Yeah, but I think it was, like, know, it was I don't know. he had a certain status at that point to be able to right. do that. I think I think he was the biggest star in the league at that point. Yeah, I mean, um, well, I don't well know. Kobe just came is, off a championship. Yeah, there, right? two straight, right? Yeah, that's that's what I think they were in terms of yeah, hand in hand. I don't know. Granted, I wasn't an avid NBA watcher until I think he went to the Heatles. I, yeah, I wasn't I either. To be I was not. I don't remember anything from his first. No one watched the NBA yeah. before. Yeah, <laughs> I. I think, though, that, like, I don't know if it was inherently him leaving Cleveland that made him the superstar. I think it was him yeah. making the big three. If he'd made the big three in Milwaukee, like, I Nobody think it would have been a Nobody story. would care. Yes, they would have. No. Yes, they would have. Come on. If, if they had gone to the Bucs, if, if Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh, and LeBron James had all played for the Bucks and won all those titles, it would be the same. If Let's say I, they joined Chris Bosh in Toronto. I don't believe yeah. that it would, be, it would have been the same big deal as, it yeah. as being in Miami. I think it would have been comparable. Not yeah. as much, but not you. I think you're way overvaluing yeah. the significance of the market. Also, it's not like when was the last time big were an important market though before Miami, LeBron Miami's, went there. Miami's, Miami's big, market. but it wasn't like no one showed up to their games ever. There was no hype around <laughs> yeah. the the Heat really. But, I mean, like, like yeah, they, like, they had the days of Shaq and D Wade, but like it's a cultural. It's it's more of a, it's more of a cultural like how relevant culturally the city is though i think like no i'm serious like and all right last face is the league right kobe la shaq la michael chicago magic la you can maybe make the argument larry bird with the celtics was not like a big market or whatever but they're like i don't know you think boston is a major city they're pretty big but they're like sports fanatics they're kind of like east coast elite and stuff you know you don't really think of them as like I mean that's like the that's like the you know that's like the aura. Of that's like the aura of that town, kind of. Boston of that, of punches up, yeah. Boston punches above its weight. That's true. It kind of like does. cultural yeah. significance, it and that's really not like does, a knock yeah. on Boston, but it's like yeah, it's not. It's as less. It is less people than Milwaukee and Minneapolis, but the upper Midwest. Yeah. There's no okay, love. Sure. Okay, but, but I, okay. <laughs> you go ahead, Mark. No, I, you, you go ahead. I'm just, I'm just, I feel like we're really digressing here. 
<laughs> no, <laughs> we're not. No, this is actually important. This is important. Put, no, okay. I think if you if you put Luca on the Bucks instead, I still think he would be more popular, and I think it's no. more yeah. about his play style. I agree. And his likability. Yeah. I, I not so much. About I just. I, I still really disagree, disagree with that. But I think. I think here's a big thing for me with Luca, is that so far he doesn't have a big blunder on his resume the same way that someone like Giannis does. Yeah. Giannis is finals is not a blunder. Yeah. What was that? <laughs> He was the are, best are you team. Him, they were the best are, team in the league, though. But yeah, like, but like, but look, think so about this: like James Harden, James Harden, and Giannis, two incredible it's players, in don't show mm-hmm. up in the playoffs. Right now, Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons absolutely fell short of their goal last year. Kevin Durant is like the biggest villain in the NBA. I mean, oh, yeah. I know Zion right now has does also mm-hmm. doesn't have a blunder, but he's like a, he played on a minute Four restriction games. and he played like <laughs> yeah, he played like 15 <laughs> games or whatever. He didn't play. You know, it, I think right now Luca marketed all that stuff like that. He's an exciting player. He's young, and as of right now, he has a chance to be one of the greatest players in the of all time in the league. Not, I'm not saying he could beat Michael or anything like that, but like, he could, he could be. You know, he could finish in the top five of a player. He's super talented, and they've improved every single year. He's more exciting to talk about than it is about Giannis, who who he's who I think now has to redeem himself in the media's eye. But why is it more exciting to talk about Luca, right? It's just it's like how do the the gatekeepers? It's not that he's on the Mavs. I, I don't know. Tell. <laughs> the yeah, Mavs are like... not an exciting franchise. They've won two titles and, since so the Bucks. So and their owner is their owner is like the Jerry Jones. Their owner is the Jerry Jones of the of the NBA. And funny enough, they're both in Dallas. Yeah, it's it's Cuban's world. I'm not convinced the Mavs are like not. this like sexy franchise that like people gravitate towards. No, they towards. are. I mean, they are. It's 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 sexier yeah. than Milwaukee. Let's yeah. be honest. Yeah, when, maybe more sexier actually. than Milwaukee. Yeah. Like, it's Texas. Marginally. It's the Lone Star Honestly, State. Come on. I'm serious, dude. Texas. Okay, but when you're... <laughs> we can throw out like slogans for states. It doesn't mean anything. <laughs> oh my god. What's no Wisconsin? No one slogan? is talking about Wisconsin ever. Okay, that's what Wisconsin. Hold on. What Lucas Lucas companies are moving away from Silicon Valley. You know where they're going? They're going to Texas. They're not going to Silicon Valley. <laughs> they don't care about nobody cares about the Midwest. Oh, and I lived there for a little second, bit and nobody cares do you, about it. Do you know what Michael Do you know Jordan, what city no. has the second most Fortune 500 companies per capita of any city in the world? Oh States? my gosh, don't Minnesota. give me that per capita stuff. It's Minneapolis. Don't yeah. give me that per capita stuff. Also, this is not for tax reasons. <laughs> No, I think we're going to we're going to pay our taxes. I really okay. I want to add that Wisconsin state motto is forward it is singular it is powerful and it's forward because they're at the bottom i mean they have nowhere else to <laughs> There's go no way to go but <laughs> okay but i just i i don't subscribe to this like i maintain that if you're an nba fan you care about the players because they're good because they're likable because you, you can relate to their come up it's not about the fact that they play for the mavs or the yeah. bucks like, i could not care less where the best player no, in the nba plays no, jared i feel like last just no, last week you, you were making the point that the nba is such a player-driven league that people only care about the players they don't care about teams or what the team okay, is but, they just care but about the market and the star. brand around it has to do a lot with it that subconsciously like what the gatekeepers <laughs> don't talk about they don't talk about phoenix you know they don't talk about any we, any place because I mean, phoenix doesn't have Luka. How, how many all-time greats played on the knicks like honestly in recent times if it were all about market then you could just like market anybody but, who's okay good for the we knicks. talk about the knicks all the time to... and they're terrible we talk about the knicks all the time that proves that proves we talk about the knicks all the time because aiden's from new york i don't think hey guys. That's no, like... no i'm not talking about us personally i'm not talking about, us personally. I'm talking about like the media gatekeepers 
They talk about the but, Knicks uh, all how, the time. How yeah. many times they do talk more about than, Anthony Davis than Milwaukee if Milwaukee was as bad? Yeah. Exactly. We never talked about Anthony Davis. They never talked about Anthony Davis. But, uh, but he was not a contending. No, but he was not a contending team. That's objectively false. The Pelicans were an irrelevant team. Anthony Davis was putting up like forty point triple doubles all the time, and we and nobody talked about it. Nobody talked about it. How many times did you turn on? People recognize him as a top five player in the NBA. Yes, for but, so long. Are you kidding? He was but no, but about they, but nobody, less, though, but they don't, they don't talk, they didn't talk about Anthony well, Davis every day. But I think that's because his team was bad. I think yeah, that's because yeah, now he's playing with yeah, the they, they were, they were making the playoffs. They were. The, he he swept the Portland Trailblazers. What do you mean his team was bad? I think they made the playoffs once with him, right? Yeah, they they made it more than once. Also, at least we should kill this at some point. But like the Spurs are a very relevant franchise. Like Tim Duncan was a star. Like, but he wasn't oh, a face of the NBA. He's boring. Yeah, he is know? boring. Like, come on. Well, that's because he was never a superstar. Like, like, he was never, like, a indiv- individual kind of star power guy. Yeah. The Spurs were just a good yeah. team. To his credit. Like, I think that's, that's less to, yeah. I don't know. I liked Tim Duncan, but he wasn't the face of the NBA. He wasn't. Yeah, that's true. Plus, San Antonio is still better than Milwaukee. Just to throw that out. If Tim Duncan played for the Charlotte, Charlotte yeah. Hornets, I don't yeah. think we would talk about him as much as, you know. Yeah. If Tim Duncan played for the Lakers, he would be, like, in everyone's top three. Oh, yeah. I think that's just the way it is. I don't. I don't think that's true. He's never a flashy on, why guy. Did, you need to be flashy. Why did, LeBron, why did LeBron go to the Lakers, even though they sucked? Because of tradition. Because they're legendary because franchise. He, why, why, yeah. did, why did Kawhi yeah. Leonard leave the, the Raptors the to go to the Clippers? Yeah. A, because he's from LA. LA. Yeah. Because, because of LA. Because of LA. Because he's from yeah. there. <laughs> it, no, it's because of the market. <laughs> why did Kevin Durant leave the Oklahoma City Thunder? <laughs> to go to Brooklyn. But he was a snake. To find to go into both Golden State and the... I mean, is Golden State a huge market? Oakland? San Francisco. No. It was just that they were good. It's just, I think it's more to do with the fact that the team is good or not. All right, that's true, Aiden, but why did he go to Brooklyn? Why did he go to Brooklyn? Because there were other guys going there. I agree that there was hype around it because it's an exciting place. But I think the the fact that he was a superstar in the first place was not because he was in a big market. I, I don't think that's a huge determining factor. It's always flashier to go to the big city for sure, but I don't think that's why a guy gets big or becomes like, you know, someone we talk about a lot. Yeah, that's a good point. I think it has like some Katie... impact on it, like some impact, but I think that the play has a, a lot more. Kate, that's a good point because, like, Katie didn't become like one of the faces of the league because he played in New York. He went to New York because he had become one of the faces of the league. Yeah, like he's like, I've made it. I might as well play in New York. LeBron, I've made it. I might as well play Katie in LA. Katie is not one of the faces of the league. Nobody talks about Katie. <laughs> he, he, he definitely was, was he at definitely one point. Was. No, yeah. he wasn't. He was, okay, that's a villain. Okay. Talk about he's a villain. Yes, we did. Okay, no, no, no. He's a villain. He's a villain because up. he left the small market and he went to the big guy. That's Wait, why he's when, when LeBron he became a villain. He joined the, the Thunder. Everybody yeah. talked about it. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah when he did like yeah, the "You're the real was MVP." Very much talked about. Come on. Okay, that's a great case study too. Oklahoma City. That yeah. is a worse market than Milwaukee, and the the Thunder were huge. They were a very like, exciting team to watch. Yes, yeah. exactly. People really cared about the Thunder. Thunder fans cared about the Thunder. <laughs> I cared about the Thunder. I wanted the Thunder to win. It doesn't matter. It but doesn't matter if you guy. don't win a championship, though. You'll never become the face of the league if you don't win a championship. That's the, that's, that's 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 probably fair. Okay, then yeah. sweep Luca and Giannis and all the other people you mentioned off the table. For no, now. we're talking about the next face of the league. Also, this is. I, I looked up the NBA's greatest ever players to see the markets they did, and Giannis 
on, on like ESPN's NBA's greatest ever players, mm-hmm. they had Giannis as the 27th best player ever. That seems he would be top ten incorrect. if he played if he played in L.A. He'd be top ten right now. No, he would not. <laughs> Absolutely not. L- Lucas, don't feed the troll. <laughs> I'm like not. I'm not done with this argument, but I know we have to rest it. Okay, hold on. LeBron James, Luca, Anthony Davis, Jason Tatum all were ahead of uh, Giannis and the jersey sales last year. Just saying. There you go. Yeah, because they're in a bigger, but like they're. <laughs> See, it's 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 exactly it it <laughs> you buy they're different different arguments. Jersey. <laughs> there are more people to buy the jersey. I like, buy a jersey oh for the. I'm not going to buy an NBA okay, player's jersey unless sure. they're on the Knicks. And I'm not going out player, and buying some random NBA player's jersey. There are more players. But in terms talk, of player that's exciting and that's like on TV a lot, that's exactly the bigger markets matter. There are more people to talk about. Yes, because they're because they want to advertise because people talk about the Knicks because there are a million people in New York. I don't think that's a determiner in who becomes like a superstar, yes, though. Because that's I the really same reason don't. Why they talk about the same things every single day is because there's a huge market. Yeah, Aiden, it might ratings. not be it might not be the determiner, but when you're talking about is it going to be Giannis or Luca, you go with that because Luca's in a better market. I think. Exactly. No, I think you go with yes. Luca because he's a more exciting player no, to watch. No, not. I don't no, think of Dallas as an I'm exciting market. Like, it, it, Since when was Dallas Luka, like this huge exciting basketball market? They're that for football. They have not been that for basketball, even if they were good with Dirk. Like they're not like always, a Mark sexy Cuban team to been, go to. Has no. always been drawn. Yeah, come on. He's he's on Mark, Mark Cuban on Shark Tank. Mark Cuban it's is Texas. the worst from the Mavs in my mind. Come on, Dallas. They're not the Lakers they, or the Celtics or like this like great market then like when they won that title in 2011 they would have like kept accumulating talent and they just imploded like they should not have won that title and then that was like, because of a complete Omar. collapse of lebron james yeah. <laughs> well exactly so it's like but if it had been this like wow like i'm gonna go to the mavs and but play even dallas and they won a title okay like what, what has happened to the mavs since then but even lebron james in a bigger market losing the finals is more interesting than Dallas yeah. winning. I mean, the market's—it's not Dallas. Is not, we're not saying Dallas is the biggest market in the world, but we're saying it's bigger than Milwaukee. Can everybody agree with that? It is. Okay, yeah. that's what we're talking yeah, but, about. But no, no, no. I we're don't talking think about that's the that determining factor yes. it as does to matter. why. If, the, if it's close, for the, yes. deciding the face of the league, I don't think. If so. it's close, then yes. No. Giannis has two MVPs already. He's he's obviously he's a good player. But if it's he's close between as... whether or not Luca or Giannis are going to be more talked about, it's going to be. Luka. But like. I think, and this is diverting again, it's because, like, Giannis doesn't fit the style of the modern yes. NBA star. He's like, if this is, like, 1990, then, like, maybe. But, like, he no. can't stretch he the floor. Really. He it's can't the score yeah. threes. Like he... This is what I'm saying about the... No, he wins MVP because they have an excellent record and he puts up great numbers. Great numbers. It doesn't mean that yeah. when you actually watch Toronto play, is always as the second best team in the West. Luka's too, definitely a more Lowry exciting MVP. player to watch. I just, yeah. <laughs> We're not even disagreeing, to be honest. We all think it's going to be Luka. <laughs> <laughs> we just got super caught up in the markets. Because <laughs> it matters. It, it matters. Does. People outside the West Coast matter, Jared. <laughs> How many people from Milwaukee listen? Texas is not on the West Coast, first off. But. It's culturally more the West Coast. Than <laughs> it's the South. <laughs> Lucas. It's Texas. This is something. How are our Milwaukee numbers doing right now? <laughs> yeah. Podcast wise. <laughs> They're we got a lot of people as there. we speak. Why? Honestly, it's, it's probably one of the larger markets because Ryan and his friends listen to it when they all live hey, in Ryan. Milwaukee. Sorry, so. we talked about Milwaukee like that. Yeah, no hard. He feeling. left Milwaukee though. I don't know for Texas. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> see, <laughs> enough said. Enough said. Just saying. Anyway, I don't even know where that started. 
But <laughs> well, we reached the conclusion. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Where this episode finishes is with a moderately sized market uh, in Washington, D.C. Uh, an area of the country which actually cares quite a lot about Wisconsin because it determines basically every four years who gets to live there. But Russell Westbrook was traded to the Washington Wizards uh, from the Houston Rockets. The Rockets got back John Wall in a first-round pick. Apparently, Harden had a preference to play with Wall over Westbrook. Wyatt, what are your thoughts, comments, concerns about this deal? I love the preference talk because <laughs> he now he just now reported to Houston today, uh, Tuesday as we're recording this. Um, and on his very first day, he told them that he wants to leave. So I don't understand where the preference <laughs> talk is coming about because he's, he told them that he wants to go to contender, but I thought he was building a contender with John Wall. And in fact, the best fit that they had for him was the guy that they shipped out because he suggested maybe we don't dribble the ball for 20 seconds mm-hmm. at the top of the key. I mean, it doesn't... They, the Houston Rockets made a lateral move and have been spiraling downhill since they traded Chris Paul. I don't know if James Harden is a championship-winning player. I don't think he plays a style of basketball that that is going to win championships. Um, I, this feels a very lateral move for the Rockets. They traded the worst contract in the NBA for one of the other worst contracts in the NBA. So they're stuck with this for a while. They didn't offload salary or anything like that. Um, the Rockets, you know, they're probably in – and do for a full rebuild. You can't tell me that Boogie Cousins, John Wall, and maybe or maybe not James Harden is a better team than last year. Because, I mean, last year was probably, or two years ago, it was probably about as good as it gets. Um, for the Wizards, they added an aggressive and tenacious leader in the locker room to pair alongside with Bradley Bill, who's a rising star. Uh, it works for the Heat to have a competitive guy like Jimmy Butler on. So I think maybe it'll be more of a spark for the Wizards. Um, who I think that we should start calling the Washington basketball team. We should... <laughs> we should just kind of go for the a football full, team. Yeah, go for a full rebuild over there, uh, rebrand. I mean, so I think this this was a win for the Rock over the Wizards, a major loss for the Rockets, especially with yeah. the news today. I don't actually I, mind I, it for the Rockets because, yeah. like you said, they should do a rebuild, and so they got this first rounder out of it. That, I think that's huge. I don't know if they, they can ship hard and get more picks. I think they in do. the NBA. If, draft, if you're rebuilding, I don't think they care. Suppose they lose Westbrook and Harden, and they're left with just John Wall and Boogie. I think they would be happy to have a lot of picks in the coming years because they will need them. We've yeah. talked about this before. How the Rockets are kind of screwed. Yeah. But if they can manage to get rid of Westbrook and Harden and pick up picks for it, yeah. I think it's a W. But I agree it is a W for the Wizards as well. Yeah, yeah I don't get why. I I don't think this move makes sense unless you're also trying to trade Harden because Wall is a worse more injury-prone yeah. version of Westbrook. Like, it makes yeah. no well, sense from a pure basketball perspective. Yeah. Like the only like you made the team worse by doing this, and the only <laughs> way you would do it is if you're just blowing everything up. John Wall will be like a competent guy there, maybe for a few years to like sort of hold down the fort. To keep him like, relevant, you blow up everything around it. Yeah, exactly. Like, he's just like a relevancy point while you like acquire first-round picks and build up the team. But like, I don't understand why if you're trying to keep Harden and stick with Harden, you make this move. Unless he's, like, mm-hmm. so in control of the moves there that, like, anybody he doesn't like is, like, out of there in an instant, like Westbrook. And just, I just want to say, it's not like John Wall is significantly worse than Russell Westbrook. Because <clears throat> John Wall was making all-star teams, and I think he was an all-pro, at least at some point. I don't know. But he just, he, he John Wall probably hasn't played in close to two years. So, I mean, it's kind of hard to, to be excited about a guy getting traded when we have no idea what he's going to look like coming back. 
It is a big market though, so maybe they'll. They could attract <laughs> some stars. They'll attract Stop. some stars. Stop. But it, it, I mean, I don't know if first round picks matter to be honest in the NBA draft because, <laughs> I mean, Milwaukee just traded three first round picks to get Drew Holiday, and uh, the Lakers were <clears throat> not shy of trading all of their first round picks for the next forever for <laughs> Anthony Davis. Like, they, I don't think it actually matters. Anybody really cares yeah. about all that stuff. What they really need to do is they need to offload salary. But now they're stuck in cap hell, and they're just kind of, you know, teetering along the line of relevancy. But, I mean, you know, if they're not winning – if they're not in the third seed in the NBA, who cares? Yeah. I think, yeah. though, that, uh, like, Wizards' first-round pick is worth, like, like a lot more than three – like, or maybe if not three better. Lakers' picks. I don't, they're not going to get that much better with just Russell Westbrook. I think their pick is worth a lot more than like one Lakers pick, whether sure. it's worth like three. But if they make the playoffs, they're out of like, the lottery. Yeah. And I think yeah. that I'm not convinced though that they're going to make pick. the playoffs as a I don't know. Seven. Yeah. Yeah. Eh. yeah. The East is pretty it's bad. The so. East, yeah. yeah. We'll see. Yeah. But it's yeah. So. I think Harden is really hurting his stock as like a. Oh yeah. Who's as a leader? I, it kind of is like a leader too. Like everyone, all the media <laughs> pundits are going off on him right now and everything. I think kind of fairly, to be honest. You know what I mean? Like, LeBron... All right, say what you want about LeBron moving around, moving around, but he always, like, kept it pretty internal and, like, didn't throw these little tantrums, like, posting pictures of him in Vegas or whatever the heck James Harden was doing. I don't know. He's, he's like, kind of just found, like, the KD path and be like, yeah, whatever. I don't care if I'm, the, if I'm like, a villain of the league anymore. I, I'll do anything for a ring. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which I, I don't know... I don't know. Is yeah. that is and, that the right path? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> but I mean, like LeBron yeah. James was still making finals. I think that James right. Harden has lost all stock completely because he he's fallen completely short in the playoffs, and then now they're shipping out guys and moving guys around to make it work for Harden. And maybe the fact that Harden just he's he could be a really top end number two, but the number one just isn't working. And if any anyone trades for him, they're gonna want him to be a number one. But I mean, like, why would the Seventy Sixers give up Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid for him? Why would yeah. You know the the Brooklyn Nets give up all of their talent, Karis LeVert, Spencer Dinwiddie, for him. It, it it's just like I don't know who wants to trade for James Harden now at this point. I mean, I could actually see the Nets doing it, trying to go all in. <clears throat> yeah. yeah, but yeah, I agree, it might, it might be stupid. It probably would be stupid. The Nets, Katie, Kyrie, and James Harden, all their personalities and their egos. I mean, can you? you Steve Nash. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Goodness. Well, they don't <laughs> have a head coach. Yeah, yeah. 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 Nightmare. Oh my god. Uh, at least he has D'Antoni there, though. So, right. or D'Antonio. So that'll help. Yeah, gonna be the real head coach on that team. Maybe Steve Ballmer might try to make a move for James Harden. I wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't right, but out. I mean, would the the Clippers don't have any first round picks, so the Rockets don't. Want to <laughs> Paul George. Left? They yeah. put Paul George yeah. over there. <laughs> on that. Well, why, why would the why would the Clip, why would the Rockets <laughs> take Paul George? Paul George and James <laughs> yeah. and John Wall is their starting lineup. I mean, be yeah, right. You know, I don't, you know I, what they're doing for that 2023 first round pick because they're just tanking for Bronny James Jr. right now. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> Worth it. Oh, God. Yeah. Bronny James Jr. is going to refuse to play for anyone but the Lakers, though. So. Yeah. Well, I think LeBron will be a free agent. Yeah. yeah that, apparently, he signed LeBron signed his latest contract so that it'll coincide with when. Yeah, uh, yeah, his son just makes random him that, that we'll never be able to cash in on. Do you guys think that um, LeBron James will play with his son? 
play yeah. with his son? Yeah, you think if he'll his play son makes the, like the league, first probably. Yeah, yeah, they're both assume in the league as, at the same time. Yeah, you have, also have to assume that Bronny James Jr. makes it. All the yeah, way. yeah. He doesn't. Just he probably. Yeah. I think he he was ranked like in the top twenty-five of prospects, so he'll probably make it. He's good. He's a he's a five star recruiting according to twenty four seven sports. But let's say so. let's say Bronny James Jr. We're way off base now. Let's say Bronny James Jr. <laughs> goes to the Charlotte Hornets. You think like LeBron James is like maybe I'll just retire? <laughs> like <laughs> it's all about yeah. the market. Uh, he could yeah. he could play for MJ. Jordan. Then. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I think playing for MJ would he would. Uh, I don't know. If that, that would be, be crazy. Yeah. 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 He would just buy the team. I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would yeah. love to see LeBron play on the Charlotte Hornets. That'd be <laughs> so much fun. That would be funny. Anyway, thank you all for listening. We really appreciate it if you're listening from those markets in LA, New York, or Dallas, Texas. We also love you for listening. <laughs> we also love the you. Three American cities. <laughs> <laughs> we also love you if you're listening from Milwaukee. Stay tuned. Do we? From... I don't know. <laughs> Some of us do. Just we a little do. less. We do. Stay stay tuned from for an episode uh, with me and Wyatt where we discuss an in-depth review on how markets influence everything in sports. Just kidding. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, though, please subscribe and leave a five-star review. If you're listening on Spotify, hit the follow button underneath our logo and select that you'd like to be notified of new episodes. Finally, you can follow us on Twitter at YouThoughtSport. That's sport without the plural S. Make sure you remember that. All of this help all of this helps the show grow and helps us create better content for you. Thank you, and we will see you next week, no matter where you're listening. Unless it's in Milwaukee. <laughs> <laughs>